last week on the Joes on the Pros podcast. Cleveland will play at San Francisco on Monday Night Football, going 2-3-0 San Francisco. That might be the game of the week right there to see who is real and who isn't. It's going to be a really big test for Baker and the Browns to see how they are going to step it up. Can they turn this season around? I think the Rams will definitely bounce back in that game simply because Sean McVay is 3-1 against Seattle in his tenure with the Rams. So I got to say, Casey, I just don't think that the Chargers are there yet. The team chemistry isn't there. Obviously, Melvin Gordon coming back is going to, you know, give that offense a little bit more of a mix. You are now tuning in to the Joes on the Pros podcast with your host, Junie Riddle and Casey Warner, covering all the latest topics in today's sports. Welcome back, everyone, to the fifth episode of the Joes on the Pros podcast. It is hard to believe we are now in week six of the NFL. We are more than a quarter of the way through the National Football League season And it is great to be back here for our fifth episode. We are putting out episodes for you every Thursday. Stick with us here on the Joes on the Pros podcast. We have a lot to cover this week on episode five. It was a crazy past week in the NFL. There were a lot of eye-popping games that nobody expected. And we are going to get into one of those games right now. And that was the Monday night football matchup between the 49ers and the Browns. The 49ers laid it on the Browns. 31-3 31 to 3 in case you missed that game. Now, Junie, what did you see in that game? I tell you what, I am so down on the Cleveland Browns right now, Casey. I can't even explain it to you. I am so disappointed with this team because I predicted in the beginning of the year that they were going to struggle in the beginning of the season. And I was right about that. You know, they had the one and two start and then they had that bounce back win last week against Baltimore. And I was like, you know what? Here they go. You know, Baker Mayfield's, you know, broke Peyton Manning's passing yards record last year. You know, there's some things that he needs to grow on, but that is the game that's going to turn the season around so the Cleveland Browns can live up to the expectations that a lot of people had set for them in the beginning of this season. But I tell you what, the one thing that I pointed out in the beginning of the year that I told you that was going to be their weakness was that offensive line. And Nick Bosa, the rookie out of Ohio State, absolutely exposed this Cleveland Brown offensive line. He had two sacks. He had five hits on the quarterback, and then when he was getting double teamed, his defense racked up two more sacks and three more hits on the quarterback. This man, Baker Mayfield, was under duress the entire game, and his stats reflect that. I mean, he threw for eight of 22 on his passes, which is terrible, two interceptions, zero touchdowns, could barely get any offensive going. The offense only put up three points on the board, and it just seemed like that these guys got absolutely dominated on this Monday night game, and it was a game that I thought was going to be a good one. I thought it was going to be a good one for both teams to kind of show where you know each team was at. I thought that the Browns would come off and play good after they played that game against Baltimore, and then I really was looking forward to this game because San Francisco really hadn't played a great team yet this year, and I wanted to see if that undefeated record was for real or if it was just because they were playing lesser talent, and I got to tell you, I didn't really get my answer because of how awful the Cleveland Browns are playing and I just I just can't put any faith in them anymore well the Cleveland Browns have certainly had a roller coaster of a season to start they are now at two and three and let me just tell you all I saw out there was just complete confusion all night from the Browns it was one of those games where you could tell the 49ers came to play and the Browns didn't that Browns offensive line was scrambling for their life just like Baker Mayfield was every play was a complete bum rush left tackle Greg Robinson former St. Louis Ram got a dog on him Nick Bosa had his number all night he was just a terror through there DeForest Buckner also had a great game he had a sack and a forced fumble as well and you mentioned Baker Mayfield's stats that was an awful game that's one of the worst QB games we've seen so far period this year and Baker Mayfield just did not look good at all now other than that the 49ers let's get into them a little bit the 49ers are now 4-0 first place in the NFC West and one of two undefeated teams in the National Football League right now do you think they're for real see that's what I said Casey 
I just don't know if this San Francisco team is for real. Now, obviously, like we have to give them their props. They're four and zero. Like they have won the games they needed to. You can only play the games that you have on your schedule, and they have taken care of those teams that they played. You know, for the four wins that they have. But like I said, they are going up against your Los Angeles Rams next week in Los Angeles, and that is going to be the test for me. That's going to finally end the conversation for me on whether or not they are going to be contenders or not in the NFC West. Because I tell you, like. Any team can beat lower-level teams, and it's obviously showed when they can win four games in a row like this that they are, you know, a formidable team, Casey. Like, you know, no no garbage team is going to start off uh, 4-0 on the season and beat these uh, lesser talented teams like they have. So, I mean, they are formidable, but when it comes to them being contenders, Casey, I need to see them beat a team like the Rams. I need to see them beat a team like the Seahawks in order to show me and to prove to me that they are a team that's actually going to be in contention to make the playoffs and actually be a contender in the NFC in general. Well, we look at their upcoming schedule here, and they certainly are going to be able to prove themselves that, like you mentioned, they play at my Rams here this Sunday. Then they go at Redskins, and then they play against the Panthers. So two of those games are quality opponents, I'd say, and they'll be able to prove themselves. Now, the Browns, on the other hand, we need to talk about them bouncing back for a minute because we talked about them on our last episode, Bouncing Back, and it seems like they're going to have to try to bounce back every week now. It's an up-and-down schedule. That loss, win, loss, win, loss. They're 2-3 and three on the season now, and their schedule just doesn't let up. They play the Seahawks at home this coming Sunday. Then they have a bye week. Then they head to New England to play the Patriots, and they head to Denver to play the Broncos. So it certainly just doesn't let up for the Cleveland Browns. They are not in a good situation right now. Freddie Kitchens has to get that team together, a team that was so hyped coming into this year, like you mentioned. We certainly expected a lot more from them. I know everyone did, and they're going to have to get back on the right track because they did not look good at all. They did not look like a contender at all in that game against the 49ers. And, I mean, i got to ask you, so where do you think they go from here? What do you think they have to do to get back on the right track? I mean, like I said earlier, they have to protect Baker Mayfield. When Baker Mayfield is getting protected by his offensive line, he has obviously shown that he has the capability of being an elite quarterback. Another thing that they need to get into is running the football. Obviously, when the 49ers jump off to an early lead, you know that that's just not something they can do because that's going to waste too much of their clock in order for them to come back into that game. But when Nick Chubb is getting the carries, man, he is showing out like he did last week against Baltimore. But, I mean, he had a decent game of 16 carries for 87 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, obviously, because, well, on the Cleveland Browns, no one did. But, I mean, when they are rushing the ball, they get the play action set up. Finding Beckham and Landry in those crossing routes and finding them in those seams, I mean, that is the key to this offense you know, being successful. But it all starts with that offensive line winning the line of scrimmage. And, I mean, it's just even that, it's like, but it's also the chemistry with these talented receivers that he has here because I mean uh, when you look at Odell Beckham stats he only had two receptions for 27 yards but he was targeted six times it's just like you gotta you it's gotta be better than that when you have a talent a once in a generational talent like Odell Beckham Jr. and you have a young raw fresh super talented second year QB in Baker Mayfield he has got to be on the same page with Odell. And if they're not going to be on the same page and they can only complete, you know, 33% of the passes that are thrown his direction, then it's it's just not going to work out. And they've got to find a way to do that or their season is going to be over really quickly. Now, going from one game that was eye-popping to another, the Indianapolis Colts went into Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday night football this past week, and they just showed – Kansas City, that they are well worthy to be an AFC contender, and they ran it down their throat, literally ran it down their throat. Marlon Mack had 29 carries for 132 yards. Jacoby Brissett held his own. They shut down that high-powered Kansas City offense. Patrick Mahomes didn't look great, didn't look bad. He was all right. They didn't run the ball. They couldn't do anything on offense. Now, Junie, what were your thoughts on that game? And see, like I said, Casey, they ran the ball, man. I mean, they had 180 yards rushing total as a team. That's more yards than they had passing from Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett knows his role. Like, he knows exactly what he needs to do. He needs to make the plays when he needs to, and he knows that he has to take care of the ball if this Colts team is going to have a chance, and he did that. And he let his offensive line, which is a star-studded offensive line, uh, that cleared the way for Mac to have an absolutely amazing game, and they dominated the time of possession. You know, if you look at a team like this, 
The Colts had 180 yards total rushing, and then the Chiefs, as a team, only had 36 yards rushing as a team during the game. And then the Colts dominated the time of possession 37 minutes and 15 seconds to the Chiefs, 22 minutes and 45 seconds. Any team that plays like that and any team that can dominate the ball like that, run the ball, control the clock, um, you know, set themselves up for victory. And that is exactly what the Indianapolis Colts did. And they showed that without Andrew Luck, they still have plenty of talent and that they are still a contender in their own division and in the AFC in general because of how great their offensive line is, how great their defense is, their pass rushers are. And they even still got some weapons such as Mac. Funches, T.Y. Hilton, you know, Jack Doyle, like they still have a bunch of guys there that can still put in some work. And even though they have Jacoby Brissett and, you know, he is nowhere near as talented as Andrew Luck, they can still be contenders. And we both slighted them. Yeah. What's funny about you saying that is, is now we know that they are legitimate contenders because they beat the Chiefs. But a funny note, if you all remember, I had picked the Colts to go three and 13 in my preseason predictions. I really, really was thinking because Andrew Luck retired that this Colts team was going to be lost without him, and they certainly have proved me wrong at this point. They have already matched the win total I predicted for them at the beginning of the season. They are 3-2 and two now. They're going into that bye week feeling good, riding high, a great win at Kansas City. Now, on the other hand, there's a huge game coming up this week for Kansas City again and they play against the Houston Texans. The spread in that game is Kansas City by five, and the over-under in that game is 55. Are you expecting a high-scoring game in that one? I'm expecting an absolute shootout in this game, Casey. The Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs are almost splitting mirrors of each other, honestly. I mean, they both have struggling defenses. They both let up a lot of yards, especially in the passing game. And I'll tell you what, I mean, it's really going to come down to which quarterback is going to play better. Is it going to be Deshaun Watson, or is it going to be Patrick Mahomes? And if I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to take Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and their scheme you know, over Deshaun Watson and the Texans because just to be frank with you, I mean, Mahomes even though he struggled against the Indianapolis Colts, he is still hands down you know, has the best numbers of any quarterback this season and is looking like the most talented quarterback in the NFL right now and I got to tell you, I, I just don't see the Chiefs losing two in a row and I think the Texans are going to put up a really big fight and you know me, I'm on the Texans. I think Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback and I think the Texans, you know, have, a, have the best chance to be contenders out of their division but with that being said is like I just don't think that this team like the Indianapolis Colts is is built to beat a team like the Kansas City Chiefs so I definitely see the Chiefs bouncing back and going back to your point about a 55 point over under I think that they're going to surpass that I think these two offenses are electric and I think that they are definitely going to go over 55 points and they're going to light up the field on Sunday I hope that is a high-scoring game. Now, this Colts-Chiefs game, is it being a defensive game like that, a little hard to watch at some points. I would love to see a game that would light up the scoreboard. It's always fun to see Patrick Mahomes and that offense back on track. They hope that they can get Tyreek Hill back this week. That will certainly help their offense. Now, I got I to gotta ask you a question, Casey. So, we just talked about the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo and, and, them, and those guys. Well, we didn't really get into Jimmy Garoppolo as much. But and then we also talked about Jacoby Brissett and the Colts, which, you know, so happenly a couple of years ago, both of these guys were Tom Brady's understudy. And it seems that both of them are being pretty successful here. So, you know, even though Jimmy G isn't really putting up the biggest offensive numbers like the the outstanding quarterback numbers that, you know, we would have expected him to do this season. Uh, who do you think is going to have the better season this year out of the backups that Tom Brady used to have? Do you think it's going to be Jimmy G or do you think it's going to be Jacoby Brissett? I'm going to have to go with Jimmy G just because they've started 4-0, and man. I mean, they look pretty impressive. They've been dominant in these first four games, and they've looked great against all four opponents. Granted, they haven't been very tough opponents, but 4-0 and is 4-0. and Like I mentioned, only one of two teams that are 4-0 and right now and the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo that I like is, is he's being a great game manager and he's not turning the ball over. He's got two great running backs in Tevin Coleman and Matt Briata. Those two guys are weapons right there, two quick running backs that can catch passes and go out of the backfield. I mean, those are two solid weapons that any quarterback would like to have right there. And a trio of young receivers in Goodwin, 
Pettis, and Kittle. Kittle is a great target as well, and they just have weapons on that offense that Jimmy G can use and dispose of whenever he wants to. You know, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Casey. You know, the San Francisco offense had five turnovers against the Steelers, and it really shows that, you know, a good defense like the Steelers have, although they are 1-4, and four, they still have a pretty solid defense this year that, you know, they're they're very susceptible to turning the ball over in, in that case. Now, when it comes to a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett, obviously Jimmy G has more of an upside, but I think that Jacoby Brissett, the way that he, you know, controls the offense, the way that he does not turn the ball over and keep it, and, you know, playing it safe and conservative for the Colts, I think that's going to be better for the, for the Colts in the long run. With the 49ers, I think that, yes, they are a talented team and they can make a push for the playoffs. But with that being said, I think that Jacoby Brissett's going to have the better season because he is going to play it safe and do what it takes to win rather than put up those big numbers and big plays. Now, we will now transfer into a big segment coming up here. We will talk NFC, a conference that is loaded with contenders. We're going to discuss who we think are going to be the top two teams right now in the NFC next. Coming in from last season, we kind of expected that the NFC would kind of be more the deeper conference than the AFC would be in the NFL this year, but we did not expect to see 11 teams out of the 16 in the NFC through week five have a winning record. It is absolutely crazy out there, and it's you know it's really kind of hard to tell because so many of these teams are getting so many big wins, and teams that we didn't think they were going to be that great are getting upsets against teams that we were that we thought were better. So Casey, I got to tell you, if it was today. Who are the two teams that are getting first-round buys in the NFC? I'll start with the Green Bay Packers. I've spoken highly of the Packers these last two episodes on our podcast because I love what Matt LaFleur has done with that team so far. Their defense has been looking great. Aaron Rodgers is starting to put it together over the last couple games. And a great stat right here, they have 93 points allowed on the season, 18.6 points per game. That is great for a Packers defense that struggled the last few years. They certainly needed a defensive improvement this year if they thought they were going to compete, and they have done that. A huge win over the Cowboys this past week and what was America's Game of the Week on Fox. That was a great game. The Cowboys tried to make a late surge, but that Packers defense just shut them and Dak Prescott down all game long. I think the Packers are in a great situation right now. They have had a great resume so far. They won that great opening Thursday night matchup to start the season off at the Bears. Their only loss on the year is against the Eagles, a team that I think is going to improve as the year goes on, and I think they're only going to get better from here. They play the Lions this coming week on Monday Night Football, and then they play the Raiders. Two tough tests right there that are really going to let me know why they are the best team right now in the NFC. I think they are the best team right now in the NFC and a force to be reckoned with. Now, on the other hand, this might come as a surprise to some people because of the last two weeks, but as you know, I'm a huge Rams fan, and I got to stick with my team, got to believe in them, and believe in the process, and believe in my man, Sean McVay. Now, I think the Los Angeles Rams are the second best team in the NFC right now, simply because I know Sean McVay is going to make adjustments, and I know they have an impressive win on that schedule so far that shows what they are capable of against the Saints. Granted, Drew Brees was out of that game and he got hurt and they beat a team in their first game without Drew Brees. I know that, but the defense looked great. They showed me all of their potential in that game. The offense capitalized on the turnovers they made and Jared Goff did his job in that game. I'll tell you what, this past Thursday, they might have taken an L to Seattle and they might not have looked the greatest and Greg Zerlein might have missed a field goal that could have won them the game. But I have faith in my coach, Sean McVay, and yes, I even have faith in my man, Jared Goff. He has not had a great start to this season, but I know Sean McVay, the offensive mastermind that he is, he is going to turn it around. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the league, arguably the best player in the league. I know he's going to step his game up. I know that defense is going to step their game up, and I know they're going to come back and have a great win this weekend over the San Francisco 49ers. I believe in the Rams. I think they're the second best team still in the NFC right now. Huge win, like I mentioned, over the Saints earlier. They had two tough losses these past couple weeks, 
But Sean McVay is going to rally the troops, and you're going to see all that talent come to use. They're going to get Todd Gurley the ball more, and they're going to start spreading the ball around more, and that offense is going to get better and better from here on out. Now, I got to tell you, I do agree with you on one of these teams, and that happens to be the Green Bay Packers. I mean, a lot of people were knocking Aaron Rodgers for having kind of a slow start to this season, but it has easily shown that he is picking it picking it back up right where he left off in years past. He is starting to play like the older Aaron Rodgers that we are accustomed to seeing. You know, he's completing 62.8% of his passes this year, 1,300 yards so far, six touchdowns, one interception only. So he's really kind of controlling that ball. When you have a guy like Aaron Jones, who absolutely dominated the Cowboys, had four rushing touchdowns, over 100 yards rushing, about 75 yards receiving as well, just dominating them on all passes, that's just another weapon for Aaron Rodgers to have when uh, Devontae Adams starts to come back and become healthy again. And this Packers offensive line has done a really great job of protecting Aaron Rodgers as well. But I got to tell you something else, Casey. The one thing about the Packers that looks amazing is this loaded defense with players like Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, Jair Alexander, Tyler Lancaster, Tramion Williams. Like They look absolutely amazing on all facets, all levels of this defense, and it is looking elite. Outside of that game against the Eagles, like, they have really been shutting guys down, and i got to tell you, this Packers team looks scary, and if Aaron Rodgers is only going to improve under Matt LaFleur's offense, then i tell you what, they are easily, and I mean easily, going to get a first-round bye and have home field advantage in the NFC side of the playoffs, and which is going to be really scary for a lot of teams going into the playoffs because Lambeau Field is no joke to play in the month of January, I can tell you that. And the other team I have is the team that you just talked about. Uh, it is not the LA Rams, but it is the New Orleans Saints. Teddy Bridgewater, since you know having to come in in that game week two, obviously it is only week two of the season at LA. Drew Brees tore a ligament in his thumb. You know, Teddy Bridgewater obviously wasn't expecting to come in that game. You know, Drew has been pretty durable majority of his career outside of that one injury that he had when he was forced out of San Diego and ended up signing with the Saints in 2006. Since then, he's been pretty, you know, pretty healthy. But now that Teddy Bridgewater is under center, they are 3-0, and beating good teams such as Seattle, Dallas, and then beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that just wiped the floor with your Rams in L.A. the week prior. And I got to tell you, like, they are looking pretty good. You know, this man, Teddy, last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though they do have a terrible secondary, he threw for over 300 yards and four touchdowns, really showing that he can keep this team afloat until Drew Brees comes back. And then you got to look at guys like Alvin Kamara. I've been talking about Alvin Kamara all season, about how awesome he is, whether it's in the running game or the passing game. The Saints' offensive line is obviously really, really good, and they are just going to keep this guy trucking along. And then you also look at a guy like Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is hands down a top five receiver in this league, and he shows it every single week consistently getting a touchdown and 100 yards majority of the games that he's played in. And I got to tell you what, this defense is just as good as the Green Bay Packers as well. I mean, you got Cameron Jordan, Sheldon Rankings, Marshawn Lattimore. Like these guys all over the place are looking super, super good, super, super talented, and they are really holding some of the great teams. I mean, Dallas has the number one ranked offense right now, according to NFL.com. And they just held that team to 10 points. Something has got to be said about this team. And even and when Drew Brees comes back, if he is you know healthy and he is ready to go, I just don't see any team. And I mean any team, whether it's the Packers, the Cowboys, the Rams, you name it. I don't see any team beating this New Orleans team if Drew Brees comes back playing like you know Drew Brees. Going from the NFC to the AFC, the AFC definitely is not as deep in top-tier caliber teams. We're going to discuss now what we think maybe is a third team that has emerged in the AFC. We talked about the Colts a little bit earlier. They may have emerged a little bit. They're 3-2 and two going into the bye week. They look pretty good. The Texans, maybe, they're 3-2. and two, And the Bills sit at 4-1. and one. Ravens are also at 3-2. and two. So there's a handful of teams there that, you know, could emerge as maybe the third team in the AFC. But, Junie, who do you think is that third team that might emerge in the AFC, if at all? I mean, here's a list of teams that, you know, I thought that could be in the running you know, coming into the beginning of the seasons, you know, the Buffalo Bills are there. Like, they're 4-1. and one. You know, they obviously held the Patriots to only 16 points. That defense hasn't let up more than uh, 17 points all season. They, like, they look good, but I just don't think Josh Allen and that offense is enough yet. Then you look at the Chargers. 
we talked about the Chargers last week. You thought the Chargers were going to be, you know, bounce back this week. I didn't. I knew the Chargers are just an accident waiting to happen. They are super inconsistent, and they are definitely not ready to take on the Chiefs or the Patriots anytime soon. You look at a team like the Ravens. The Ravens struggle against talented teams, like they struggled against the Steelers. Like they beat up on the Arizona Cardinals and they beat up on the Miami Dolphins. But other than that, they've lost to the Cleveland Browns and they've lost to the Kansas City Chiefs and should have lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, honestly, frankly, this past weekend. I just don't see the Ravens, you know, until they prove to me that they can beat a good team, that they can get anywhere close to competing with the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots. Then we get to a team like the Cleveland Browns. Same thing. Like, who have they beaten? They haven't beaten nobody yet. Like, they have all this talent, but they haven't done anything with it. The Steelers are way too banged up this year to do anything. I mean, they're already on their third quarterback this season, and it doesn't seem like they're getting any healthier with the news that Jalen Samuels is going to be out for a month. Like, this team is nowhere, you know, near ready. And I just don't think the Colts can keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots because, you know, although I think that the Colts can make the playoffs and that they are a super talented team, historically, they are not a good team to play on the road. You know, whenever they go to Kansas City or New England, they always get destroyed because they are a dome team. They don't have an elite quarterback right now, and I think it's going to take more out of Jacoby Brissett than just being a facilitator to beat a team like this in the playoffs, and especially when you're going to a cold city like Foxborough or Kansas City. I just don't see a team like that getting there. The one team, and I mean, this is the only team that I can see and it's going to take a lot, but it's going to be the Houston Texans. And that's only because they have Deshaun Watson and how elite he has been playing. But the secondary there in Houston and the offensive line are really going to have to have one of their best games in order to show me that they can compete in the AFC with teams like Kansas City or New England. Now, I mentioned a handful of teams earlier that could be that third team. And of those teams, my three that I think could emerge are the Colts, the Texans, and the Bills. Now, the Colts and the Bills are on a bye this week, so they don't have anything to prove this week. But the Texans, like you mentioned, on the other hand, have a lot to prove. They show down with the Kansas City Chiefs this week. That's going to be a huge game like we talked about in our last segment. But the team that I'm really high on, and I've been really high on all season, is the Buffalo Bills. I just love that defense, man. love that defense. They've only given up 70 points total on the year. That's awesome. Now, granted, they've only scored 90 points, but it's all going to depend on how that offense is going to develop. Very young, very inexperienced offense. Josh Allen leading the way has not looked great. He has five touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a 75.2 passer rating. That's not going to get the job done if they're going to be that third team. They got to have guys like Frank Gore step up with veteran leadership. They got to have more out of Devin Singletary. He was supposedly going to be a great addition, a young running back that was going to be great. They got weapons on that offense. They got John Brown, Cole Beasley, guys that can catch the ball, but they just got to get that offense going. That's my team. I really want to be that third team, but I'm not going to put them there yet. I just can't put them there right now because they have no offense. And I mean, overall in the AFC, like we discussed, it's just miles away from the NFC as far as competitiveness. I'm just very unsure about so many teams in the AFC. The whole AFC South, really, I'm unsure about. Sure, the Texans have the most upside, but I'm still really unsure about who's even going to win that division. There's just too big of a gap, and it's a very, very competitive conference in the bottom part of that conference. The Chiefs and the Patriots are just miles ahead of everybody in the AFC right now. Now, last week you did say the Jacksonville Jaguars, that you predicted that they would win the AFC South. Now, you didn't mention the Jacksonville Jaguars in those teams, so why are you not mentioning Jacksonville when you're the one that thinks that they are going to win the AFC South? I just I didn't see a lot from them this past week. The Jacksonville Jaguars did not have a good week this past week. They lost to the Panthers. Now, granted, the Panthers stepped it up on defense, but I mean, if you're going to lose to a guy like Kyle Allen, I mean, a backup quarterback, you can't, you can't call yourself a contender if you're going to lose to a guy like that who has not solidified himself. So, I mean, they just did not look good this past week, and they really took a step down on my list because they did not look good against Carolina at all. Now, I think they can bounce back. I mean, I really do think they can bounce back, but, I mean, they got a tough game this week. They play at home against New Orleans, and that's certainly no easy win at all. I think that's a loss. So, I mean, Jacksonville's got their work cut out for them. Like I said, everybody in that AFC South has got their work cut out for them. And, I mean, I'm just very, very unsure of a lot of teams in the AFC, more so than the NFC. 
and it's and it's kind of sad, you know, because we were kind of down on teams like the Carolina Panthers and the San Francisco 49ers or the Minnesota Vikings, and all these teams have come out so far, and they all have winning records. Also, before the Andrew Luck retirement, we were looking at teams like the Colts with Andrew Luck to be in contention, teams like last year when the Chargers went 12-4, and four, and we thought that they were going to be in contention this year. Obviously, they have not shown that they can play at a level as they did last year. You know, the Steelers, we expected the Steelers to be, you know, contenders, you know, with Big Ben Roethlisberger and this team coming back again and, you know, getting a good linebacker in Devin Bush. And then we also looked at a team like the Cleveland Browns that had a ton of talent and that they could possibly be contenders. And all of these teams have really just kind of been a disappointment to us there in the AFC. And it really has just shown the separation between New England and Kansas City compared to the rest of the AFC, which is really sad. And I'm going to say it right now, Casey, you can book it. Whether it's in Foxborough or whether it's in Kansas City, these two teams are going to play to see who goes to the Super Bowl, and you can mark that down. But, you know, going into last week, man, we both had tough weeks last week. Obviously, the Rams and the Steelers both took L's, and in our next segment after this break, we are going to get into both of our teams and both of their games this past weekend and talk about each division and how these teams can bounce back. Stay tuned. You know, obviously, Casey, since considering you are a huge Rams fan, we typically talk about the Rams on a weekly basis. You know, two weeks ago, we talked about on whether or not if Jared Goff is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. And then last week, we were obviously talking about this huge Seattle game. You know, coming into the game, you all were both three and one. You all are both sitting behind the San Francisco 49ers who is who are undefeated right now. And this was a huge testament to see who was going to take the next step in the NFC West. So it went down to the wire. You know, it was a back and forth game. You know, each team taking their shots. And when it came down to the game winning field goal, Greg Zerline missed the field goal to win the game. And the Seattle Seahawks uh, walked away at home with a win going four and one on the season. And the Rams are now sitting at three and two after taking two losses in a row after a three and zero start. So Casey, I got to ask you what happened in that game and can the Rams bounce back from this? Well, what happened in that game? Let me just begin with the fact that I was actually pretty happy with what my team did in that game. I was happy with what I saw from the offense. The offense looked pretty well. There were a couple boneheaded mistakes that happened. I mean, that freak interception by Seattle late in the game, I still don't know how he got his hands under that pass. That was a heck of a play. Russell Wilson just being Russell Wilson, he made some incredible throws, some incredible escapes out of that pocket, as he always does. All the respect in the world to him. He's definitely an MVP contender right now. But what I've seen the last two games is I've seen that Sean McVay has simply gotten outcoached. And let me begin with what I've been saying the past two weeks. Get Todd Gurley the ball, man. You got to get the 2017 Offensive Player in the League and still arguably one of the best running backs in this National Football League. You got to get him the ball. I don't care how arthritic his knee is. I don't care how hurt he is. If he's out on that field, he needs to be getting the ball. Get him the ball in the passing game. Give it to him 20 times a game. He's one of the most talented players of anyone in the league, you got to get him the ball. But other than that, it's about execution, man. Greg Zerline is human. He's going to miss field goals. Sean McVay has got to get that offense running fluently like it has the past two years. I'll give all the credit in the world to the Seahawks. Pete Carroll outcoached Sean McVay in that game, and he knew how to attack the Rams. That was a huge win for the Seattle Seahawks. I, you know, I can't stand that home crowd of theirs. They always get the best of us when we're there, and that's what they did on Thursday Night Football. That crowd got the best of us, and Pete Carroll got the best of us. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. But, you know, at the end of the day, the Seattle Seahawks are a better team than us right now, and we got to bounce back. They're going to be able to bounce back this week because they play the Niners, and I believe they will. That's going to be a huge game. Now, i got to tell you this, Casey. This is something that I've seen, and like you said, Sean McVay has been getting out-coached. You know, we talked about it last week. Jared Goff had the third most passing attempts in Super Bowl era history. 
last week when he played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then this week he comes back and he's still throwing the ball 49 times. That's 117 pass attempts in two games, which is absolutely outrageous. And what did Todd Gurley have? Did he have five touches in that in that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? He, he had, had fi- uh, 15, but I mean, total, we only had 18 rushes overall, which is ridiculous. So wait, he had ridiculous. he had he had 15. He carries. had 15 carries for 51 so, yards. So which is- so this is so this is what I'm you know I'm looking at here. I'm looking at a young quarterback in Jared Goff that still has a lot of development to do as a QB and outside of the Sean McVay system. And then I'm also looking at a guy who is super talented, such as Todd Gurley, who's only getting 30 carries. 30 carries compared to 117 pass attempts is absolutely crazy. We are seeing some teams like this with talented running backs try and control the ball, control the offense, and slow down the game and you know have that time of possession, just like the Indianapolis Colts did with the Kansas City Chiefs, and really have a lot of success with that. So I kind of get what you're saying here, but I mean, it is just super unacceptable about how these guys are playing right now. They are obviously one of the most talented teams in the league, and they should have won that game if Greg would have hit that field goal at the end. But I got to tell you, man, you really think they're going to bounce back against the 49ers like you like you said? I have no doubt in my mind that Sean McVay will get this team together and he will make the right coaching moves. He's one of the greatest head coaches in the NFL right now. He's a great young offensive mind. Wade Phillips is a great defensive coordinator. These boys are going to get it together. I know they can. They went 13-3 and last year. There was a little slip up in the middle of the year last year where they lost to the Eagles and the Bears. That was a two-game skid. They came back and finished the season strong. This is a two-game skid right here, and I know they can come back, and they can come back from this strong in the right way. They have a pretty decent schedule ahead of them after this game. They play the Niners at home which they can win. They go to Atlanta, which they can win. Atlanta hasn't looked this great. And then they play the Bengals at home, and then they go into the bye. So look, if they can get a win right here against the Niners, they can smooth sail their way into the bye week and be right back on track. I know they can do it. Aaron Donald's got to get in there, get some more sacks, get a little bit more pressure on the pass rush. I want to see more out of that pass rush. I saw a good pass rush against Seattle. I want to see it keeping up. I want to see them get pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo this week in that 49ers offense. They got to shut them down, but I really just want to see this offense run smoothly overall. I mean, 6-2 and two going into the bye week would be really, really good for this Los Angeles Rams team, but let's talk about the other team here. Let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks, which is a team that we did not really expect to be as good as they have been so far this season. I mean, Russell Wilson has looked absolutely amazing. He is completing 73% of his passes, which is outrageous. And, I mean, he has 12 touchdowns to zero interceptions. Obviously, he is playing really efficient football. And I got to tell you, one of those touchdowns that he made uh, to lock it there in the corner over double coverage there was was spectacular. Incredible. He is really showing that he is a multifaceted QB. And I got to tell you, Casey, it is going to be a tough stretch for these Los Angeles Rams to get through not only the San Francisco 49ers and how impressive they have looked, but also the Seattle Seahawks. So, you know, with the NFC South, with these two three-headed monsters in the NFC uh, NFC West, I should say. I, I needed to correct myself there. Uh, but what team do you think is going to matter? Do you think it's going to be your Rams, or do you want to be honest here and and maybe go with a, with a different team here from what you've seen through week five of the season? I got to go with my Rams, man. Just like I stuck with them, they're a top-two team, I think, in the NFC. Like I said, they've had rough stretches before. Sean McVay's made adjustments. I have faith in my coach. I have faith in one of the best coaches in the NFL right now. He's going to make adjustments, and this team's going to get back on track. It's all about execution, man. And the Seahawks don't have the easiest schedule ahead of them, so they can lose some games. And we know over the past couple years the Seahawks have slipped up in the middle of the year. They always start hot, and then they slip up in the middle of the year. After this Rams game this past week, they're going to head to Cleveland this Sunday. That's going to be a tough game. The Browns are hungry to look for a win. Then they got at home against the Ravens. Lamar Jackson is always dangerous with that offense, and then they head to Atlanta. So, I mean, those are three losable games right there. I will say I love what Russell Wilson's doing. He never ceases to amaze me. He is just he is a phenom out there. He escapes the pocket. He makes incredible throws. He is definitely a solidified MVP candidate in this league right now. Now, if I'm going to give you my honest opinion about the NFC West, right now I have Seattle as the best team 
in the NFC West. And honestly, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna give my honest opinion, Casey, I don't know who's number two. It's either gonna be the Niners or the Rams, obviously, because the Cardinals are, you know, they just got their first win against Cincinnati. They don't really look like they're gonna do anything this year. But I think that this weekend's game is really gonna show me that who's gonna be that number two team. And then as the season goes on, the season progresses, I think that the Rams can easily take over that number one spot again, just because when you look at these rosters and you look at the coaching you know, top to bottom, the Rams have the best coaching. They have the best roster. They just got to put it together. But let's get on to the next topic and let's talk about my team, you know, because you're, you're, you know, the Rams are three and two. Y'all are still okay. But my team has fallen to one and four. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost in overtime this weekend to the Baltimore Ravens 26 to 23 after they had stopped them on defense. They decided to let the Baltimore Raven offense come out first and they had, they, you know, they got a quick three and out punted the ball, got the ball in great field position, and what happens? Juju Smith-Schuster did it for the second time in the last five games where he caught the ball and he fumbled it. My favorite player on the Pittsburgh Steelers fumbled it. The Baltimore Ravens recovered it around midfield, and all it took was one first down and a couple yards, and Tucker kicked the game-winning field goal in Heinz Field to break my heart and put my Steelers back into uh, one and four. And, I mean, honestly, if you look at this game, if the Steelers had come out with this game and the Browns lost to the Niners like they did, you're looking at a Steelers team that is sitting in first place in the AFC North. Uh, So I got to say, like, you know, Mason Rudolph got kicked out in that game. He got knocked out by Earl Thomas. Uh, Really, really scary moment because he just looked like he was absolutely unconscious. Looked like Mike Tyson just gave him a huge right hook and knocked him out in the middle (laughs) of the ring. I swear to God, it was super scary. You know, Lamar Jackson didn't have his good game. The defense is still showing me stuff. But, you know, Casey, what, what, what are your opinions? What did you think about this game? Well, what I saw in this game was Baltimore had the time of possession in their favor. They were 36 to 24 minutes in time of possession. Hard to win a game when you know you're down 50 percent in time of possession terms. Um, good QB play. I mean, I was really surprised. Pittsburgh definitely didn't lose because of their QB play. What I really saw from the Steelers is just they were just unable to capitalize on their opportunities. You know, man, when you get opportunities like that and you have young quarterbacks that are actually playing well, you got to put it in the end zone. You got to put some points on the board. You know, there was a couple drives there where they came up empty handed and you just you can't do that against a contender like the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Now, on the other hand, I really think the Ravens are hitting a good stride right now. Because the Ravens have a favorable schedule coming up. They play Cincinnati twice in their next four games, but then they play Seattle and New England back-to-back. So that is going to be a tough schedule for the Ravens right there. They have Cincinnati twice, which we think are two wins, but those two games are really going to be a test for the Ravens. But on the other hand, the Steelers have a favorable schedule coming up. They play at Chargers. Chargers are limping right now. They're not looking too good, and then they got a bye week, and then they got the Dolphins. So if the Steelers can get that win over the Chargers this coming Sunday, head into the bye week with that, then they can cruise over the Dolphins in that next week. Now let's now let's talk about my Pittsburgh Steelers here, and I'm the one that's trying to be realistic here. Okay, They are sitting at 1-4, and four, and obviously when you see a team that starts the season 1-4, and four, you automatically think you know what they're obviously not that good they're done but here's my thing with the Steelers man is that they you know they really are not done you know they play the Baltimore Ravens again which they've shown that they can beat and they probably should have beaten yesterday because honestly I feel like they outplayed them with considering that Lamar Jackson had three interceptions Mark Ingram only had 44 yards rushing it really showed that that defense could make some big stops after the first quarter and a little bit in the second quarter when they kind of adjusted to the speed to which Lamar Jackson plays now the Steelers have four losses on the season but the teams that they have lost to are a combined 16 and 3 on the season. You know, two of those teams, obviously the Niners and the Patriots who are still undefeated and the Seahawks one loss and the and then the Baltimore Ravens a two loss team. So, I mean, I think that you're still setting okay. You know, the Baltimore Ravens are obviously leading the division right now 3 and 2. Uh, you know, them playing the Browns, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills. I mean, the Rams, if the Rams are still struggling at the time, they could probably beat the Rams at home, you know, in the cold weather an LA team coming to the cold. You know, they still have a ton of opportunities opportunities coming out later in the season. I'm not dead on the Steelers, but if I'm going to give you my most likely scenario, this is how I think the division is going to play out. It is the Ravens division to win and it is the Browns division to lose. I think the Browns are easily the most talented team in this division currently and but I just don't think that you know Kitchens can get this team going I don't know if Baker Mayfield can be consistent enough if he can get on the same page with Landry and Odell Beckham if the offensive line can get the running game going and keep protecting uh, Mayfield like I just think that right now although 
I don't think the Ravens are that great of a team, honestly, because they have not proved to me that they can, you know, have a marquee win on the season against a really good team. I just think that they are in the best situation right now to lead the AFC North, considering the circumstances, even though this division is so weak right now. So building off of that, we will now get into another game that was a great game this past Sunday. It was certainly an eye-popping game. We thought the Cowboys would show up a little bit more against the Packers. We'll get into that a little bit next, and we will also get into our favorite segments, of course, and your all's favorite segments, the Riddle Rankings and the Warner Wages next. After starting 3-0 and beating up on teams such as the New York Giants, the Washington Redskins, and the Miami Dolphins, the Cowboys have now fallen back to earth, Casey. And I tell you what, and it feels really great because they have played two of the best defenses in the NFC, and they have gotten a reality check against the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers, as we have seen. And I got to tell you, Casey, it feels good. It feels really good <laughs> to see the Dallas Cowboys falling back to earth because, I mean, we were just in Dallas, and we were just talking to Jerry Jones's daughter, Charlotte, and she had all the faith in the world in this Dallas team, and I got to tell you what, I feel like maybe maybe, maybe we jinxed them a little bit. When we were in Dallas, I got I to gotta tell the viewers this, I actually asked uh, Charlotte Jones a question pertaining about Dak Prescott's contract and I said he's been playing great the first three weeks of this season and you know is he going to be the next cowboy to get that next big contract that's what I asked her right and she says in front of 200 members of the media that if he keeps playing like this he can have all the money he wants well I guess what Dak Prescott has looked abysmal since she said those words and I feel like that I'm the reason I think that I jinxed Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, Casey, falling to the Green Bay Packers, uh, thirty-four to twenty-four, at, and they—I mean—they were losing pretty bad, um, thirty-one to three in this game, Casey. Can you tell me what you saw? Well, in this game, like we discussed earlier, I loved that defense of the Packers. They've been dominant all season, and they continue to dominate. All the points the Cowboys got in that game were mop-up points when the Packers had their backup guys in, so I don't think too much of that. Dak Prescott did throw for over 400 yards, but like I just said, that was mop-up yards, mop-up points. Don't take into any account. What I did see in that game, though, was I saw that the Dallas Cowboys certainly have a lot of work to do and certainly have a lot of room for improvement. They have their work cut out for them these next three. Let me tell you, they go to the New York Jets this coming week, and New York has Sam DeArnold coming back. So that's not going to be an easy game for them at New York. Then they got a huge division matchup at home against Philadelphia, and then they head back to New York to play Daniel Jones and that Giants team who's going to have Saquon Barkley back in that game. So they have their work cut out for them. We're really going to see what Dallas is made of. But overall, they just got dominated by the Packers. Aaron Jones had four rushing touchdowns and over 100 yards. That defense looked porous, man. They did not look good at all. They got out possession 37 minutes to 23 minutes in time of possession. That's not good. They lost the turnover battle 3-0. to zero. This was just an all-out domination fest for the Packers over the Cowboys. And the Cowboys have some work to do, my man. And I got to tell you, the one person that I was impressed with was not Aaron Rodgers. It was Aaron Jones. This guy had 107 yards on the ground and had four touchdowns. Just to include that, he had seven receptions for 75 yards receiving, pulling out his best Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, pulling that out of the hat out of nowhere. But he looked absolutely amazing. The Green Bay Packers looked amazing. The defense looked great. You know, they picked off uh, Dak Prescott three times with Alexander uh, King and Sullivan, you know, having all those picks. You know, we were hyped on the Cowboys. You know, when they when they started out and we said that they needed to play bigger competition. And now that they have, you know, they really don't look like they're in that big of a contention. And I got to tell you, looking at the NFC East now with the Eagles, who do you think is in control of uh, that division now? Do you think Dallas still has control of it, you know, in the coming weeks or do you think the Eagles do? 
I think the Eagles do, man. I think it's Philadelphia's division to lose. They do have a tough schedule coming up. They got at Vikings this Sunday. Then they go to the Cowboys and to the Bills. So they are really going to show me there why I think it's their division to lose. But I love Carson Wentz. I love that offense. They've looked pretty good so far. Carson Wentz, 10 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, 94 passer rating. Hard to beat that. Jordan Howard has really ticked it up over the last couple weeks. That offense seems to be getting it together. If they can get that deep threat Deshaun Jackson back in the next couple weeks, they are going to be right on track to win that division. Other than that, I don't think either of us think the Redskins or the Giants are going to compete. So, I mean, in terms of teams that are going to battle for that division, it's just Dallas and Philadelphia. So that matchup in two weeks is going to be a showdown for the NFC East. And I fully expect the Eagles to come out on top of that one. If the Eagles can get their defense straightened out, it is most certainly their division to lose. And I got to agree with you there, Casey. I mean, I definitely think the Eagles are a lot more of a talented team than the Dallas Cowboys. And I think we both projected that the Eagles were going to win the NFC East this season. And, and you know, when they come to think about it, it's just like, like we said, Dallas has not beaten a single good team yet. Philadelphia has a huge win against Green Bay in Lambeau Field. So it just kind of goes to show you, like, yes, has have the Eagles gotten a little bit of an injury bug when Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson go, both got injured in Atlanta? Like, yeah, yeah, they did, and they had some slip-up games. But they have proven that they can beat the, some of the best teams in the NFC, and I think that they are easily the better team in this division. And I think that they are going to show that they are the better team in this division when they play Dallas in the coming weeks. And like I said, man, Zeke just hasn't looked the same either, honestly. Like, you know, rushing, you know, usually he's a 100-yard touchdown machine, and he only gotten 12 carries and 62 yards in this game. And, yeah, they were getting blown out. And like we said earlier, like running the ball is never really, you know, situationally what you want to do when you're getting beat by so much. But still, like Ezekiel Elliott just has not impressed me this year after leading the league in rushing yards last season. So the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, two teams competing for the NFC East. Now, Junie, we got your riddle rankings you're about to get into now. Are either of those teams in your riddle rankings? One of them is. One of them. Let's hear it. Let's hear Only it. one of them. Let's get started with this week's Riddle Rankings. At number 10, they stayed at number 10 from last week, and that is the Buffalo Bills. Yes, I am still not 100% on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they have held teams to under 17 points all season. That defense looks elite. And when I mean elite, like elite, elite, like they can travel and actually make some noise if they make the playoffs. But still, I just, even if they do make the playoffs, Casey, I just don't see this offense going and doing anything with Josh Allen. Like, I just don't see the passing capability. Like, I just do not see them going and beating a team like the Houston Texans. I don't see them going into New England. I don't see them going into Kansas City and getting wins against these marquee teams. But that defense is so elite and their record has shown and their schedule might not be that tough. But hey, Wins are wins, and if you can get a win in this league, you get a win in this league. They're at number 10 with that great defense. At number 9, the Rams have fallen from number 3 a couple weeks ago all the way to the number 9 spot. They are still in my riddle rankings because they are super talented. Jared Goff just continues to struggle because he is having to pass the ball so much. Obviously, you know when Gurley is getting the carries that he used to getting, this offense rolls over people, and I just think as soon as they start giving giving Jared Goff the ball, just like Casey alluded to earlier, that this Rams team is going to start shooting back towards the top five like where they're supposed to be. Number eight, I got the Houston Texans. This defense is still a concern for me, and so is Deshaun Watson's consistency. But when Deshaun Watson is on it, that man is on it. He went 28 for 33 for 426 yards and five touchdowns against the Atlanta Falcons. And that Houston team put up 53 points on the Falcons. I don't care who you're playing. You could play the 2008 Lions or the 2017 Browns. And if you put up 53 points, that is amazing. It just shows the capability of this Texans offense. And I still think that they have a lot of growing up to do, but they are easily I think, the third best team in the AFC right now. And coming in at number seven, we have the Eagles. They didn't really bump up that much because they played a team like the Jets without Sam Darnold, but Carson Wentz and company handled their business against the Jets, beating them 31-6. to This team is super talented, and like Casey alluded to earlier, Deshaun Jackson is coming back, and when you have a deep threat like that for a guy like Carson Wentz who can just sling the ball downfield, they are going to be 
dangerous. And tell me, and I tell you what, when they start playing the their teams in their division, like the New York Giants and like the Dallas Cowboys and the Redskins again, they are really going to light those teams up. And I think that they might have a potential sweep of their division this year. Coming in at number six, and they have this is the first time that this team has been in the Riddle rankings, and it is about time that this team has been in the Riddle rankings. It is the San Francisco 49ers. Burita and Coleman in the backfield are absolutely electric. They are two of the fastest backs in the league, and they showed it against the Cleveland Browns with each of them nearly putting up 100 yards apiece. They absolutely dominated that, and whenever you have two running backs that can put up numbers like that against a talented defense like the Cleveland Browns, you are worth being in the Riddle rankings, and especially that Jimmy G is a good young quarterback. Yeah, he has some flaws, and there are some things that he needs to get over, but I tell you what, when you have two running backs like that and you can control the ball as they did, it is going to be a lot easier for Jimmy G to find holes in secondaries when you have lethal running backs like that. At number five, I got the lethal Seattle Seahawks. Other than Patrick Mahomes, what QB this season has been better than Russell Wilson? This guy has 12 touchdowns, and he has zero interceptions on the season. And like I alluded to earlier, he is completing 73% of his passes. That is absolutely crazy. He is shooting for uh, the record that Drew Brees broke last year for the highest NFL quarterback completion percentage in a season. He is absolutely hot this year, and I got to tell you what, he might be number one, possibly number two, just because of how great Patrick Mahomes has been in this NFL season. And number four, the Chiefs bumped down to here. Mahomes still looked like the best QB in the NFL, but he obviously didn't capitalize on the moments that he had when he was driving down the field. He easily had over 360-something yards uh, this past weekend against the Indianapolis Colts, but they just couldn't get it done. This defense and this secondary is still something that they need to work on, guys. They really need to learn how to stop other teams' offense. Coming in at number three, I have the Green Bay Packers. They seem to be the most dominant defense in the NFC. On top of that, Aaron Rodgers has played pretty good so far this season. He's not putting up MVP Rodgers numbers, but he is still one of the top 10 elite quarterbacks in this game. And when you got guys like Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and other receivers that he can hit at any time. You're talking about a Packers team, especially if they get home field advantage in the playoffs, that is going to be a very, very dangerous team if they keep playing how they're playing. And then number two, I got the New Orleans Saints. I talked about it earlier. Teddy Bridgewater is 3-0 without Breeze. Teddy Bridgewater just came off a game where he threw for 314 yards and had four touchdowns. He had an epidemic against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, also beating great teams in Seattle and then playing the Dallas Cowboys in New Orleans. They look like they're going to be great. And if Drew Breeze comes back in Drew Breeze form, this team is easily, hands down, the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. And then number one, Guys, nothing has changed. They're still here. They're still dominating. They're still playing how they're playing. They still got Brady. Brady's not done yet. They still got Belichick, and he is still as cunning as ever. It is the New England Patriots. They're still beating up on weaker opponents. Uh, they won't really play anybody uh, worth mentioning until November, but by that time, they're going to be playing the Ravens, the Texans, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. At that time, we are really going to get to see how good this is. New England Patriots team is going to be. And I tell you what, Casey, until they take a loss, until they really get exposed by somebody and have one of those lapses, they are going to stay number one because they are easily the most dominant team in this league right now. Now, speaking of the New England Patriots, I think I'm going to step my game up with my wages a little bit because I went 4-0 and last week with my wages. You did go 4-0, and and it was a... I tell you what, I'm, I don't know, man. I might have to put some money down on uh, on some of those wages you put because I was kind of, you know, I was kind of curious about some of them, like I always am, because I'm always, I'm always, oh, yeah. I'm always testing you. But you, you, you pulled through four and zero. That's, that's, that's what nice. I was about to say. I was going to say you all listening out there might want to uh, might want to hit up your bookies this week because this week I'm going with some bold takes. This week, no New England this week. I think these spreads that are coming out for New England are too easy to pick. They're big spreads. They're playing terrible teams. I mean, they play the Giants this week. The Giants have three big injuries to three key guys on offense. That's too easy of a spread to pick. No New England this week. In fact, all four of my wages this week are within three and a half points. So you all that are lucky betters out there feeling lucky, these four games are the games you're going to want to put your money on. Now, first game I got, Tennessee is heading to Denver. Denver is a two and a half point favorite in that game. 
I'll tell you what, after a big win last week for Denver against the LA Chargers, who we thought were going to be so great, give me Denver two and a half in this game. I think Denver's going to beat Tennessee. You all know from past episodes, I've never been a fan of the Tennessee Titans and what they've been doing. I think they're just going to continue to struggle, and I think Denver's definitely going to cover that spread and beat Tennessee. That's going to be an easy one to pick for me. Give me Denver two and a half in that one. Next game I got. I got Philadelphia heading to Minnesota. Minnesota somehow is a three-point favorite in this one. I don't see how they're a three-point favorite. Just because they're at home, that's the only reason. Give me Philadelphia in that one. Kirk Cousins never shows up in the clutch. Carson Wentz is going to outplay him. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to completely outplay the Vikings. Give me Philadelphia in that one to win. Now, next game is the most mind-blowing spread I thought all week Jacksonville is favored minus one over the New Orleans Saints New Orleans heads into Jacksonville which is going to be a great game I think but I mean I just think New Orleans is going to beat the crap out of Jacksonville honestly I don't think Gardner Minshew as much as I love Uncle Rico man I don't think he has anything for the mighty Saints give me the Saints in that one they're definitely going to win cover that minus one point spread and then the last one the last one, the toilet bowl of the NFL. We got the mighty Washington Redskins heading to the Miami Dolphins. The Redskins are favored by three and a half over the Miami Dolphins. But let me tell you what, I'm taking Miami in this one. I think Miami is going to come out and beat the Redskins. Redskins just fired their coach, Jay Gruden, this week. That team is in complete turmoil. I don't think they have any clue what their identity is. They have no consistent quarterback play, no consistent offensive play. Bless Terry McLaurin's heart. He's the only thing they got on that offense. Give me Miami to get their first win this week at home against the Washington Redskins. And that is your Warner Wages for this week. Wow, Casey, those were those were definitely some bold picks there. I mean, I'm going to have to disagree with you on some of those. I mean, I think Tennessee can definitely travel to Denver and beat them. Uh, you know, I think Minnesota will definitely give Philadelphia a a run for their money because that's probably the best defense that Philly's played all season because that secondary is elite up there in Minnesota. But wow, you got the Dolphins beating the Redskins, man. I mean, wow, that's. That's a that's I mean that's a tough one to pick. Uh, I mean they're both winless, so I mean somebody's got to win. I guess whoever wants Tua more is gonna is gonna have to lose that game. Well, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. This is this is our fifth episode. We we are only getting better and better every week. Casey is now seventy five percent on his Warner wages, so you got to keep staying tuned. And after week six, we are gonna give you all the updates next week. So stay tuned with us here on the Joe's on the Pros podcast. <laughs>